sports are really important vehicles for relationships. We have purpose. We have a why. We bring people together. We connect. I feel like God is our greatest supporter and our greatest coach. Welcome to Rabbi on the Sidelines. This is Rabbi Ara Sherman from Sinai Temple in Los Angeles. This is a very special episode because we have our first repeat guest on Rabbi on the Sidelines, but it's not because we have a shortage of guests. It's because of a special opportunity that this guest just had. Jay Billis, ESPN college basketball analyst, four-year starter at Duke, author of the book Toughness, but just recently has returned from an unbelievable trip, what he called one of the most significant trips of NCAA history, to the land of Israel with the Auburn University basketball team and coach Bruce Pearl. Jay, it's so great to have you return. Thanks for taking the time with us. Rabbi, great to be with you. Thank you for having me. So when we spoke last, you talked about the book Toughness, and you said this has nothing to do with faith. And then you turned around a couple of weeks later, and you went to the land of Israel and had everything to do with faith. What happened when you got that call from ESPN or Coach Pearl and said, Jay, you're coming to Israel with us? What was your reaction? Well, ESPN approached me in June about the idea, and uh, I didn't know whether I'd be available. And it really came down to whether my wife would go. If she was going to go, I was going to go. If not, uh, I wasn't going to make the trip. But when we looked at Auburn's itinerary and at the opportunity to, to visit Israel for that time period, uh, it was really something we couldn't turn down. That, that, Auburn's itinerary was something we couldn't have put together on our own. Uh, so uh, we, over the course of nine or 10 days, we saw things that, uh, that we, we never would have seen absent that sort of trip. And, and I thought Bruce Pearl and his staff did a great job of balancing the basketball part of it with uh, you know, immersing the players in the entire experience of Israel. And it was, uh, I don't want to say, I think it would be an overstatement to say it was life-changing, but it was certainly perspective-altering, and, uh, and it was something we'll never forget. So we spoke last time about a trips that you've taken to the Gulf, specifically during wartime in the Persian Gulf and really with the U.S. military. What was it like going to Israel, first of all, during not necessarily times of war, but actually I believe you were there when missiles were going off and you saw the Iron Dome in action. What was it like being on the ground and not watching the stuff on TV? Uh, a different feeling. Uh, we felt completely safe the whole time. There was never a time that we didn't feel safe, but... Uh, you know, the last four days was when there was unrest and, and there were missiles launched uh, out of Gaza. Um, you know, you don't want to say you know, you're glad something like that happened, but uh, I'm grateful for the perspective it provided uh, that that people in, in Tel Aviv uh, were certainly very concerned, but at the same time went about their, their daily lives. And it... Uh, it showed you that, you know, the, the people there live under constant threat. And when a siren went off, they uh, sought shelter. And then when it was over, they went, uh, they went back to their business. Uh, so it was, uh, it was certainly perspective altering in that regard. And so what was your knowledge of Israel before, besides Judaism, Islam, and Christianity sort of all living in the same neighborhood? What were some, if you wish, stereotypes that you might have had before you uh, touched down on the ground in Ben-Gurion Airport? There were no stereotypes. It was, you know, I, I'm, I'm pretty well vert for an average Joe that, that, that <laughs> average keeps up with, yeah, keeps up with current events. Um, I have an understanding uh, of Israel. Uh, it certainly wasn't in depth. 
um, I, I'm not necessarily a person of faith, so it, it didn't hit me on on the faith level as it did some. There were some players and people in the uh, in the travel party where it was profoundly moving uh, on on a spiritual level. Uh, but I think for everyone, uh, whether it was spiritual, cultural, historical, um, it was profound in in one or or more of those categories. And I think it was really important for those that may not be deep, deeply spiritual to see how much it moved those who are. Uh, so, I mean, the, the, the trip really checked every box on, on what you would hope for in, in a, a comprehensive experience. And, uh, and we all certainly learned a lot, but it was uh, uh, just a, a wonderful, wonderful trip. And I don't think any, any college basketball team has ever taken a trip uh, quite like it. They, they visited wonderful places, but, uh, but it's never had that sort of depth and texture. So compare it, I believe in 1983, I think you went to, uh, was it France with, uh, with Duke? Yes. Um, what were the, obviously these trips really bond players together in a way that no other experience on the campus can do. What was necessary? What, what was the difference? I said, you know what, this was different from France, Italy, Spain, because what we just experienced, what was that difference? Yeah, I think when when my basketball team went to France in the 80s, uh, it was more about basketball than it was about anything else. Uh, mm -hmm. You know, certainly you were going to bond together because, you know, you were together 24 uh, seven in a foreign land. Uh, so naturally you were going to rely on on one another more than you would if you were going different directions in the United States. But I think because of the significance of the trip to, to Bruce Pearl, uh, his family, uh, and then, you know, Dylan Cardwell, who's a devout Christian, uh, I, I think it, uh, it, it certainly reached everyone and everyone uh, was hit on a, on a deep level as a result of it. So there was, it was really educational in a number of different ways. And, uh, and I think the fact that Bruce balanced um, experiencing Israel with basketball. Um, there were certain days the team didn't even practice. It was all mm -hmm. touring and, and uh, you know, going, uh, having different experiences, uh, eating together, uh, traveling together. Uh, it was really, uh, you know, really fantastic. I, I just, I can't come up with enough uh, adjectives to express how, how uh, wonderful an experience it was. So let's instead of expressing the adjectives, let's watch a quick clip of uh, what it looked like when the team uh, landed sort of on, on the mountain of Jerusalem and oversaw the old city of Jerusalem. God's land, man. That's where the King, the King David's palace was. It's been covered up by, by neighborhoods. So what was the reaction on the ground from the people in Israel when they saw the Auburn University basketball team walking through the streets of Jerusalem? Oh, it was great. Obviously, their, their size makes them stand out. Uh, <laughs> but the games were, you know, the games were really well attended. They played three games in 10 days. Uh, so that was that was fantastic. But I think, uh, uh, you know, people were very pleased to have Auburn there. It was not the norm. Um, you know, they, they were immersed in the community. They did uh, uh, clinics and uh, met with young people. And uh, it, it was really fantastic. And, and I think, um, you know, look, Israel's used to having Americans visit. 
uh, for a variety of different reasons. Uh, so it wasn't uh, it wasn't some you know crazy notion to have you know an American basketball team walking down the street, but it certainly wasn't the norm. And uh, so they it was it was really uh, really interesting to watch. And but but the team was really well received, and I think they they enjoyed the experience as much as I did. And then what was your role? Obviously, as a sports broadcaster, but you have two million Twitter followers and a very big social media presence. And last time we spoke, uh, you talked about, you know, we sort of keep the faith or those aspects off in your job as a college basketball analyst to tell what's on the court. When I watch those games on the SEC network, also millions of people in the South and around the country watching these games, hearing you broadcast from this state that most people don't really know about. What did you see your role outside of saying what was happening on the court to the international audience that was watching those games? Well, my role was no different on this Israel trip than it was in, in any other broadcast opportunity that I have. It was to, to chronicle uh, the experience. And mm-hmm. so we were reporting on what the Auburn team was doing, uh, how they were uh, processing everything, uh, maybe some stories that we had from being with the team. Uh, so it wasn't necessarily, you know, it wasn't like we were working for the, you know, the Jerusalem or Tel Aviv Chamber of Commerce. You know, we were working for ESPN. So everything Roxy Bernstein and I talked about on the air was based upon, um, you know, doing our jobs relative to the experience that we were having. And because it was a, a foreign tour during the summer and wasn't a regular season game, uh, you know, that we were going to go from one game to another uh, there was certainly more time uh, to discuss, you know, the reasons for the trip, the different experiences the players were having, where they were yesterday, you know, things like that. Uh, we probably wouldn't have the time to do that in a regular season game. Um, but you'll probably see something similar when we do. Uh, we have a game on November 11th on on an aircraft carrier, the USS Abraham right. Lincoln, San Diego. Right, and so right. it'll be. Yeah, it'll be similar. It'll be similar in character that we'll wind up discussing aspects of the military instead of aspects of Israel. Uh, mm-hmm. So it, it, it's the same kind of same kind of concept. Can you talk a little about the multi-faith experience? And I say multi-faith as opposed to interfaith. And I just heard this last week from a Christian pastor who said multi-faith means that every single faith has an equal footing, meaning they're as proud as the next. Um, and by that, I mean the interactions with Christians and Arabs, specifically between basketball teams. I know you also went to Bethlehem, which is sometimes not a stop on these types of tours. What was that like in terms of seeing uh, different populations actually living together in the land of Israel? Well, I mean, you know, especially when you were in Jerusalem in the old city where, you know, there's a Muslim quarter, uh, a Jewish quarter, things like that. Um, You know, you were able to see how different faiths uh live together and uh so many so many different faiths feel uh um a pull to to israel and to jerusalem and to the city of david so it was meaningful to uh christian jew you name it muslim uh and and that was really interesting to see um you know and again it, it it hit people of different spiritual levels um and different faiths differently uh, and that was that was really interesting and, and educational to experience. You know, I think it was important for for those of us who are not necessarily faith based uh, to see how uh, and I go back to Dylan Cardwell, because I think he's the most uh, least overtly spiritual person on the uh, on the Auburn team. Um, 
you know, it was it was great to to watch him experience it uh, in such a profound way. Um, I, I really really enjoyed every aspect of it. So this is the clip that uh, Bruce Pearl usually wouldn't do, for instance, at an Auburn game or in an SEC game, where he goes to the crowd afterwards. And this is what he says. First, by the way, it was the first time I ever saw, there's uh, subtitles, first time I ever saw Jay Billis written in Hebrew. I thought that was pretty interesting. But uh, this is what he said. God has blessed us. He's chosen us. And with that's a responsibility. Just like I tell my players, you got to represent the name on the front of your jersey. That's Auburn. You got to represent the name on the back of your jersey. That's your family name. But you also got to represent God's children, the Jewish people. You got with how you act, with how you with how you study, with how you love each other. What kind of neighbor you're going to be? Let the light continue to shine upon you and shine upon all of our people. That is not a normal post-game speech in the locker room or in the crowd. What did this trip mean to Coach Pearl, and how did his players react to seeing him so spirited? Well, I, I think it was much like uh, you know talking about Dylan Cardwell that Bruce had. I think this was his fourth trip to Israel, mm-hmm. uh, and he had had been before as the coach of the United States team in the Maccabi games. Uh, but this was perhaps even more meaningful, uh, and there were, you know, there were. It was a multi-purpose trip. You know, one part was the experience of his team, and certainly basketball was a big part of it. But the other part was to, uh, or one of the other parts, was to help open up a pathway for more teams to to choose Israel as a, a destination for one of these trips in the future, whether it's Florida, you know, coached by Todd Golden, or Notre Dame, you know, coached by Mike Bray, or, or Duke, coached by John Shire. I mean, all of us, I think all of us had a number of of college basketball coaches reach out to us during the trip and after, you know, to ask, is that something you think would be good for us? Uh, So it definitely opened people's uh, eyes and their minds to that possibility. Uh, And and I think the fact that, you know, you asked the question before about the unrest the last four days of of the trip Mm -hmm. when we were in Tel Aviv. And uh, and I, I know there were some concerned people back in the States when you see it on television and the reporting of it, it's a different feel than it, then it gives a different feeling than it does when you're there. And right. although there were discussions, there was no there was no reasonable thought of cutting the trip short or going home or anything like that. Uh, you know, we had great security. We were completely safe and everybody knew it. Um, but but maybe some people at home that were just processing uh, the news coverage uh, might not have felt that way. But but we never felt, at least speaking for myself, I never felt one minute of of, of reticence about my safety. I, I, we were just fine. And so, Coach Pearl, this is not the first time that he's really been outspoken, um, specifically actually during the NCAA tournament, um, during the war in Ukraine. He actually compared himself, his Hebrew name is Mordechai, to the uh, story in the book of Esther and the bravery of the people of Ukraine. Um, You don't see so many coaches necessarily using their strong faith in press conferences, NCAA tournaments on this division one level in an sec where to be honest, there aren't so many Jews in Auburn, Alabama. Um, Your thoughts in terms of how he's really bringing his faith to the forefront. You know, that's an individual decision that every coach makes. I mean, there are a number of coaches that, that talk about their Christian faith or things like that. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, uh, Scott Drew at Baylor is one of those. Yes. Um, so Great it, book. It, it's really, yeah, it's really not unusual. 
Um, mm-hmm. it, it just when when it's done by Bruce Pearl, it may sound different uh, to to the nice. you know to to the American public, but it's no different. It's really the same. And the fact that I mean, I, mean, I think it's great the fact that that Bruce feels comfortable in sharing that, and he should. Um, you know, it's a it's a that's a a right that we all have. And it's a right that that we should all freely exercise if we choose to do that. Some people feel the same way as Bruce, but choose not to share it. Uh, but but I, I think it's great. I, I'm I'm all in favor of it. Uh, favorite food in Israel? The bread. I mean, the bread was <laughs> unbelievable, and it was all different. It wasn't like there was any one type of bread that. Uh, but I, I said. I think Israel has uh, has a, a neck and neck competition with France for bread. I was I was blown away by it. <laughs> and what about shawarma or falafel? Either or or both? Tried it all. I mean, we tried sure. it all. It was uh, it was fantastic. That you know, there was no complaints about the food. It, it was spectacular from start to finish. I saw Auburn running just a little slower after those uh, Israeli breakfast buffets after halftime for sure. Um, yeah. One of the things one of the things that's happened over the last couple of months is the Abraham Accords, which is normalization between Arab countries and Israel, which in honestly, in even my lifetime, never thought would be happening with the United Arab Emirates with Bahrain. And this is a clip um, that Coach Pearl says Israel's one thing, but now we have to really tour the Middle East like this. I'd like to somehow tie it to the Abraham Accords. Like, why not stop over there in Bahrain or UAE on the way over? couple games there then a couple games here and again just normalization of relations and uh so we'll see bruce pearl so somebody just recently said if they can do it over there in the middle east we can probably do it here in this country as well and something that we need in this country is actually normalizations between jewish christian and muslim as well what do you see perhaps as the model of what's happening with basketball over there that we can bring to our communities here in the united states in such a divisive country well I'm not sure that, you know, the divisions we have here are necessarily solved by basketball or, or, you know, by playing a game somewhere. You know, we're having a hard time in this country deciding what what truth is. And when you when you sink to that level, uh, we're not going to play basketball games and get people to, you know, to start thinking about, oh, okay, well, this is truth now. Um, you know, I, I think when you're talking about um, foreign countries where we may have perceptions that uh, are, are not accurate or we may have fears, um, that's a different that's a different ballgame, in, in my view. Um, mm-hmm. You know, I'm, I'm very concerned in, the, in, in this country that that we're not able you know it's fine to argue about and to have different opinions and have reasonable argument uh when we can't agree on clear facts and and truth is a is an unreachable destination at least it seems at times uh we got a lot we got a lot of lot to work on before we get before basketball can make a dent but do you think that basketball can Begin not necessarily again. It, it, it's just a game, but when people are on that court, it is an equalizer that they're playing together. That they can realize that it's another human being they're speaking to, and then when they realize that they might have disagreements, they can say, "Oh, I know that person." It's not just an idea they're talking about. Can that make a little dent? Do you think? I mean, uh, of course. I mean, I'm sure it can. Um, I I, w- I think uh, these trips are 
are mm -hmm. mind opening uh, opportunities, uh, not only for uh, the people that live there when, when you're visiting, but also for you when you visit. Uh, I think mm -hmm. all of us came back with a, an enhanced perspective of Israel and, and the Middle East uh, through that lens. Uh, I've visited the Middle East on a number of occasions. Uh, this was my first trip to Israel, and it just uh, it added uh, it added more depth to my understanding of uh, of the region and the people and and all of the uh, all of the emotions and and uh, um, history that goes along with uh, with an area that I have seen mostly when there's times of conflict. Um, so that that was I was grateful for that. Uh, I have a, I have a completely, uh, different feel. Like I knew I had, I have so many friends that have been there and that have told me you have to go. And it was mm -hmm. before the trip even came up, you know, you have to go to Israel, you have to visit Israel. Uh, this was really the first time I had a legitimate opportunity to do it. And I'm certainly glad that, uh, that things worked worked out where we didn't have to pass it up. So you said it was, if your wife went, you were going, if she didn't, you were not going. She went, what was her reaction to this amazing trip? She loved it. Uh, <laughs> you know, it was, she didn't have to work one. So it was all, it was all a vacation <laughs> for her. I actually had to work, but um, she loved it. And it was wonderful for us to experience that together. And I think as a result, uh, you know, we, we've been talking about different trips. We, we wanted to take Israel was certainly high on the list. Uh, but the, you know, the, uh, how long of a trip was always an issue. And mm -hmm. after going through that, we were like, you know what, that wasn't anything at all. Uh, the, how long the trip was, that, that was nothing. So, you know, 12 hours on a plane, uh, we, we can handle that. So, so, you know, we'll, we'll likely go back and, and certainly go to Beautiful. other destinations that are, uh, are equally as long, if not longer. So one of the people that really, as you just said, uh, gave you hospitality, which we just had on before the show, is uh, my good friend, a good friend of this show, and a good friend of yours now, Tamir Goodman, known as the Jewish Jordan, who really made a dent in the college basketball world by first going to Maryland, then going to Towson, and then sort of bringing this approach to the land of Israel, bringing high-level basketball. Uh, what was his role in this trip, and what did you see from him when he's doing on the ground, bringing people together through this game? Well, Tamir was a wonderful host. Uh, we spent uh, the better part of a day with him uh, in Jerusalem and uh, went to um, his facility at, uh, at the Jerusalem YMCA, which is frankly the nicest YMCA I've ever seen. Uh, it, was, it was incredible. Uh, the players were able to interact with a lot of Tamir's young players. Uh, and then Tamir spoke to the team uh, in, in a very moving way about his experience. Uh, but he's a very uplifting, as you know, very uplifting human being. And, uh, and he spent uh, so much of his life in Israel <clears throat> helping to, uh, you know, raise the level of basketball and using basketball for, for other means uh, to bring people together. And he's got an infectious personality. Uh, it's hard. It's hard. Not, <clears throat> excuse me. It's hard not to like Tamir Goodman. He's just a wonderful person. <laughs> and. You also tweeted a, a picture of the Dead Sea. Tell me a little bit about that experience and why you chose. I mean, there were lots of things that you did, but you specifically chose to, uh, I remember, a, a tweet with the paper in, in, in there. What did the Dead Sea mean to you in the lowest place on earth? And what was that experience like? It was amazing, really. Uh, <laughs> I'd heard about it, but uh, experiencing it firsthand uh, was really incredible. And to be in that water where nothing lives, I mean, the salt content is mm -hmm. so high and 
and all of a sudden you're you're chest high in the water you lift up one foot and then you're flat on your back like you're lying in a in a on a rubber raft and in a pool and it was fun to experience it with the auburn players a, a few of who didn't really know how to swim and uh, and they'd never floated in water before and including uh, wendell green jr who uh, was probably the last one in the water and and loved it and then realized when he got out he had his iPhone in his pocket so he lost oh, his no, phone that's over a it, but <laughs> probably probably worth the experience for him I mean I, it's really the first uh, when when my wife Wendy and I have been asked by our friends you know what stood out on the trip that that's pretty much the first thing we mentioned um, because it was just a an incredible day for us. And then the last question, back to Jerusalem, and because Israel is this place where faiths grow and faiths uh, unite together, um, going to the Western Wall and to the Church of the Holy Sepulchre, I saw some very moving pictures of um, Auburn players who, if they wish, could baptize in the uh, Jordan River where Jesus did the same thing, um, and the Western Wall. What were those two moments of touching the wall and seeing this place where these faiths literally lived and have grown into our narrative today? Yeah, it was it was wonderful. Um, you know, again, I'm not a deeply spiritual person, but you can't help but be moved by how much those uh, those things move other people. And so, you know, we we did the same thing that everybody else does. We, you know, we wrote a little message and and put it on the wall. Uh, my message was a lot higher on the wall than my wife's was, <laughs> uh, but it was just you know we each did something on our our two kids and. Uh, awesome. Yeah, it was very meaningful, and to be able to watch uh, other people go through that experience and and how much it moves them uh, was was deeply moving, I think, to all of us. And uh, and and again, you know, e each player on the Auburn team, you know, had a different level of of spirituality. Uh, some of them went through it, and and you could see that that it hit them on a a, a deep personal level. Uh, others, it, it didn't hit as deeply, but I think it was really important uh, for them to see their teammates so deeply mm -hmm. moved. Mm -hmm. um, and, and that was, that was educational and moving in and of itself. So there, there was, and just the level of understanding. I mean, there, there's not going to be a time when Israel is discussed, whether it's discussed from a geopolitical standpoint or uh, issues of, of faith or, or uh, culture where the players aren't going to be better educated and better able to uh, to participate uh, on a deeper level in those discussions. Well, on behalf of Sinai Temple Israel Center, on behalf of the Jewish community, and on behalf of all the Abrahamic faiths of Christianity, Judaism, and Islam, we thank you for what you did, for what you continue to tell that story of people actually coming together. And I know after one shiny moment, they usually say uh, we're going to Disneyland, but I do hope this year they're going to say we're going to Jerusalem. On the more ordinary front, uh, predictions for this year's college basketball season is coming up. Who's on top? Boy, there's a lot of good teams. It's going to be the year of the big guy uh, because there's so many good big, you know, big men uh, in the country this year. But you know, I think teams like North Carolina, Houston is going to be great, uh, and they'll have an opportunity to get to another Final Four. They went two years ago. Um, I think that, that Gonzaga, Arkansas, uh, I'll, I'll give you a, a name you don't hear as often, but probably should. Creighton is going to be really good. Uh, they've got a mm -hmm. final four caliber team. Uh, so it's going to be a, it's going to be a fantastic year. I can't wait to get it started. Amazing. Jay Billis, friend of Rabbi on the sidelines, friends of the state of Israel. Thank you so much for taking the time. It really means a lot to us. God bless. And we'll see you out in Los Angeles. Have a good day.
Thank you very much.